Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by my course, Rest Assured. If you've been struggling with falling asleep, or staying asleep, or just not waking up feeling well-rested, you've come to the right place. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy for Insomnia, or CBTI, is the gold standard intervention in the management of insomnia. Rest Assured is a digital course that walks you through CBTI, step-by-step, with everything you need to succeed. Each of the six weekly modules guides you through some important background information for the different techniques, explores the evidence-based techniques in detail, provides multiple examples of exercises so you can find the one that works for you, and reviews the work you've completed since the last module. And rest assured, it's just not another DIY left to your own devices, but rather, you get direct access to me, a board-certified sleep physician in twice-monthly office hours, where you can ask me face-to-face any questions you may have about the course material. So check out www.wellrestedmd.com slash RA to learn more. That's wellrestedmd.com slash RA. Or just head to the homepage and click on courses to learn more. Enjoy the episode. Hey there, friends and neighbors. You're listening to the Well Rested Podcast, episode number 55, Pollyanna Polyphasic Sleep. I'm your host, Dr. Joshua Lennon. Would it be great to get all the sleep you need in just two hours a day? and be a Superman productive during the other 22? In this week's episode, I'll be discussing the concept of polyphasic sleep, or breaking your total sleep time across several different episodes of sleep. Listen, we've all got stuff to do. In fact, the to-do list seems to grow endlessly no matter how many tasks you complete. We are asked to be more, do more, produce more, learn more, 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 more. And the most finite resource most of us have is time. So the notion that you can gain more time is compelling. And for too many, the idea of wasting time sleeping is an attractive target to slash, to add more wakeful, productive hours to your day. But we all know, no matter how long you try to stay awake, the sleep need catches up eventually. But what if there's a way to better optimize your timing of sleep so you could successfully get away with the least amount possible? One fantasy response to this pressure to do more with less is something called polyphasic sleep. The most popular is called Uberman, and there's even an entire polyphasic sleep society dedicated to promoting this fantasy. Historians have uncovered references in the last couple hundred years of polyphasic sleep, primarily the notion of a second sleep, that after dusk, one would sleep for a few hours, wake up around midnight to drink and socialize, then go back to sleep a second time until dawn. The argument by proponents of polyphasic sleep is that because some people used to do something, All people at all times are supposed to do that thing all the time. It's like a weird misunderstanding of the naturalistic fallacy. Because some people used to do it before the technological era, it must be natural, as opposed to the unnatural monophasic sleep that we 21st century sheeple have been programmed to do. And if it is natural, it is morally good and desirable. Now, any 23rd century anthropologist might make the same mistake by digging up videos of the milk crate challenge and assuming that's representative of the way the natural 21st century humans behaved, despite all evidence to the contrary. So obviously, just because some people have done something doesn't make it right, natural, or even justified. And this is important because of some of the outrageous claims by proponents of polyphasic sleep. So what is polyphasic sleep exactly? Well, there are several different iterations. Some take a misunderstanding of the average length of sleep cycles. This is the progression from light sleep to moderate sleep to deep sleep to rapid eye movement sleep, cycling through N1, N2, N3, and stage R sleep, which occurs on average every 80 to 120 minutes, sometimes shorthanded as 90 minutes. 
The confusion is to assume that sleep is supposed to happen only 90 minutes at a time, not recognizing that in any normal healthy sleeper, there may not be a single sleep cycle that length. An average does not oblige every individual component to be also that average. The confusion also assumes an even distribution across each sleep cycle, which is also not the case. N3, or deep sleep, is overrepresented in the first third of the night, and REM sleep is overrepresented in the final third of the night. In this ultradian rhythm, the rhythm of your sleep cycles across a given night is also internally regulated, meaning that even your later REM sleep is modulated by your earlier deep sleep. So some polyphasic sleep followers will set alarms so they never sleep longer than 90 minutes at a time, and may do this about three times a day. Then there are the aforementioned Uberman and bimodal sleep. In Uberman, the individual sleeps for 20 minutes at a time in six separate bouts across the 24-hour period, totaling only two hours of sleep during an entire day. Biphasic sleep involves going to bed around the typical time in the evening, waking up for an hour or two in the middle of the night, and going back for the second sleep for the early morning hours, but achieving closer to six to seven hours of sleep total. Another example is triphasic sleep, going for the 90-minute periods at dusk, a second episode before dawn, and a third episode in the afternoon for about four and a half hours of sleep per day. So what are the claims of such a restricted amount of sleep? They claim improved sleep stability, without really defining what that means, as well as decreased time needed for optimal performance. They claim the increased time awake with optimal performance improves productivity. They also claim health benefits, including longer lifespan, improved memory, improved mood, and more frequent dreaming. That all sounds great. Too good to be true. And of course, it is. In addition to offering no meaningful support to such claims, they have also been fully debunked. In fact, the National Sleep Foundation just released a consensus panel report evaluating all the evidence on polyphasic sleep. Short answer, it ain't pretty. But let's look at some of what they found. The big picture is that there are undeniable minimal amounts of sleep needed to survive, and when not met, death ensues. The second major contributor to negating all the claims of polyphasic sleep claims is what we've talked about over and over again. The second of the two major controllers of sleep after sleep drive, which is the circadian rhythm. The circadian rhythm, with the master clock in the suprachiasmatic nucleus in the brain, regulates everything from liver function, to thyroid, to muscle activity, to digestion, to sleep and wake cycles. And this cycle length, the duration of the circadian rhythm, is in its name. Circadian literally means about a day, and the duration is about 24 hours, closer to 24 hours and 12 minutes on average. The National Sleep Foundation looked at over 40,000 relevant publications, over 2,000 of which were focused enough to be included in the review. They found primarily a lack of any evidence to support the claims of polyphasic sleep, including lack of evidence of benefits to sleep, lack of evidence of benefits on memory, mood, and performance, and lack of evidence of benefits to health in general. In addition to all the mountains of evidence demonstrating significant harm from insufficient sleep and circadian misalignment, as far as polyphasic sleep improving sleep, there are several studies comparing normal sleep to both polyphasic sleep and biphasic sleep. In these studies, individuals randomized to polyphasic sleep schedules reported subjectively lower quality sleep. It took them longer to fall asleep each time. They woke up more across each sleep opportunity, and more light sleep with less high-quality deep sleep. So both subjectively and objectively, sleep was significantly worse under non-monophasic sleep schedules. 
Another study of polyphasic sleep found that individuals randomized to the polyphasic intervention only slept during a little over half of the polyphasic opportunities. And when they did sleep, they experienced less deep sleep and less REM sleep. Several other studies show similar results of significantly longer time to fall asleep initially, significant sleep fragmentation, and marked reduction in quality sleep, including N3 and R, with a larger proportion of light sleep. What about the benefits of polyphasic sleep on memory, mood, and performance? Not a single study demonstrated an improvement in memory during polyphasic sleep. Quite the opposite, in fact. Subjects reported more subjective lapses, and they performed worse on word recall tests. There was not a single study demonstrating an improvement in mood from polyphasic sleep. On the contrary, polyphasic sleep consistently demonstrated a deterioration in mood, including depression, irritability, and emotional discomfort. As far as performance, there are reports of long-distance yacht racers who complete the race faster when they sleep less compared to sailors who stop the boat to sleep more, but that's not exactly measuring performance, but rather opportunity. Other studies looking at cognitive function, visual vigilance, steadiness of hand, tapping speed, psychomotor vigilance, and time on task performance all demonstrate significantly worse performance for those on a polyphasic sleep schedule compared to normal monophasic sleep. What about these claims that polyphasic sleep improves health? Once again, not a shred of evidence to support any of these claims, but rather the opposite, that polyphasic sleep has adverse health consequences. Polyphasic sleep causes sleep deficiency, sleep during the wrong circadian phases, lower sleep efficiency, more sleep interruption and fragmentation, circadian disruption from the incorrect timing of circadian cues, and deficiency of rapid eye movement sleep. Thousands of studies and decades of research have shown that any one of these phenomena are detrimental to human health and well-being, and the combination of any of them is certainly a risk to life and limb, as we talked about all the way back in episode 1. Insufficient sleep, the goal of polyphasic sleep, impairs cognitive function, productivity, performance, and safety. As enumerated by the National Sleep Foundation, insufficient sleep impairs growth and development, interferes with metabolism, increases the risk of cardiovascular disease, accelerates cognitive decline, and increases premature mortality. Furthermore, sleep insufficiency impairs self-recognition of impairment. The more sleep-deprived someone is, the less likely he or she is to recognize how impaired he or she actually is. Circadian misalignment is also highly problematic. Recall that the circadian rhythm's influence on sleep, what we call process C, is actually a wakefulness drive. And this wakefulness drive progressively increases, starting before you wake up and peaking around normal bedtime before dropping like a rock, and then repeating once again. So with polyphasic sleep, most of the time one is attempting to get to sleep falls on a time of the 24-hour cycle where process C, the circadian alertness drive, makes it very difficult. And then being awake at biological night and exposing yourself to different zeitgebers, these timekeepers like light or physical activity. Exposure to these cues at odd hours of the day also causes considerable circadian misalignment. Circadian misalignment, when the body's internal clock is out of sync with the external light-dark cycles, is associated with a host of problems we've discussed repeatedly, including in episodes 11, 12, 13, 22, 23, 32, 40, 46, and 50. Circadian misalignment A basic property of polyphasic sleep is associated with metabolic problems like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, mood, cognition, grades, and cancer. So to summarize, look, I get it. My to-do list of responsibilities grows faster than I can keep up with, and I would love to have more time. More time for family, more time for my patients, more time for my students, and more time for me. And at the surface level, it would appear that you are not accomplishing much on your to-do list when sleeping. 
So it may seem like the obvious part of your day to cut down as much as possible, to give yourself more time to do everything else. And I wish it was that simple. I wish it was that easy. But I practice science-based medicine, trudging through the reality-based community, and the evidence is beyond clear. The fantasy of getting away with less sleep by changing when you sleep into these smaller chunks spread across the day is just that, a fantasy. Polyphasic sleep demonstrably worsens subjective and objective sleep quality, including prolonging the time it takes to fall asleep, increasing arousals and awakenings across the night, worsening sleep efficiency, deprives one of slow-wave sleep and rapid eye movement sleep. Polyphasic sleep impairs memory, worsens mood, causes demonstrable deficits in performance across multiple domains of physical and cognitive work. And polyphasic sleep, by intentionally causing insufficient sleep duration and intentionally misaligning circadian rhythms, increases the risk for metabolic disease, cardiovascular disease, cancer, and death. So just because you read somewhere that Benjamin Franklin or whoever didn't sleep a single bout across the night is by no means evidence to suggest that somehow this is natural, right, or optimal. Rather, biological anthropology has shown that in every society, pre-industrial, agricultural, and technological, the norm for humankind, and certainly the standard for human flourishing, is not the Pollyanna naivete of polyphasic sleep, no matter how wishful your thinking may be. If you haven't already, go check out wellrestedmd.com day, where you can get a special download, a totally free cheat sheet. In this day of the life of the well-rested download, you'll find examples and timing of several morning and evening routines, the evidence-based best practices for wakeful days and restful nights. So head over to wellrestedmd.com day to see these morning routine best practices in action. Be sure to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player to get all the latest episodes, leave a review, and head over to wellrestedmd.com for more information, including the option to sign up for email updates. Thanks for listening.